0: And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Monday, January the 20th, 2020, in the year of our Lord. Today, on January 20th, 2001, George Walker Bush became the America's 43rd president after one of the most turbulent, I think you would call it, elections in U.S. history. Remember the hanging chads, dimpled chads, and all that that went on down in Florida. We didn't know who had won the election for a long time. After it was completed, I apologize. I was thinking of his son, George Walker Bush. I was thinking of the father, the son. Today, in 1649, King Charles I of England went on trial. He was accused of high treason. He was found guilty and executed by the month's end. That was pretty quick. It was about in you know, about 11 days. I think there are people in America that would like to see that happen to our president as well as this um, impeachment gets underway. We'll be talking a little bit more about that here in a few moments. But today in 1937, President Franklin D. Roosevelt became the first chief executive to be inaugurated on January 20 instead of March 4th. They'd been doing it on March 4th. They changed it 1937 to January 20. Today in 1942, Nazi officials held the notorious Wannsee Conference. It was in that conference that they arrived at their final solution. That's what they called it, the final solution. The final solution called for the exterminating of all of Europe's Jews. Today in 1981, Iran released 52 uh, Americans that it had held hostage for 444 days, minutes after the presidency had passed from Jimmy Carter to Ronald Reagan. And today in 1986, the United States observed the first federal holiday in honor of the slain civil rights leader Martin Luther King Jr. We'll be talking about him in a moment as well. Today in 2007, Senator Hillary Rodham Clinton, she launched her first campaign for the White House. She said in a videotape message on her website, I'm in, and I'm in to win. She's still in, but she has a hard time winning. Today in 2009, Barack Obama was sworn in as the nation's 44th president, as well as the first African-American, although he's half African-American, president. And today in 2009, Russian natural gas began flowing into Ukraine after a nearly two-week cutoff that had left large parts of Europe cold and dark. Today in 2017, Donald Trump was sworn in as the 45th president of the United States. He pledged emphatically to empower America's forgotten men and women. Middle America, not the elite. Protesters registered their rage against the new president even as the inaugural parade proceeded. In Washington, D.C., there was a chaotic confrontation just a few blocks from the parade. The left collided with the police during the inaugural parade. just, Just blocks from where Trump and all the rest of them were walking down the street. The new president of the United States. You know what the issue was? They were calling for his impeachment. He hadn't even sat down in the Oval Office yet. And they were demanding he be impeached today in 2017. That's how deep this runs. Impeachment at any cost. Doesn't matter for any reason. It really doesn't matter. If it rips the country apart, so be it. Our goal, the left says, is to get rid of Trump. Same attitude, I think, that existed in 1649 toward King Charles I of England. I don't know a whole lot about him, didn't take the time to look into it. Jim Wallace, who's considered the leader, although Pete Buttigieg is kind of moving him over a little bit and becoming the leader as well, or a co-leader of the religious, so-called religious left. Jim Wallace put out a letter this morning, He started the letter with this. It's a quote from Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. The church must be reminded that it is not the master or the servant of the state, but rather the conscience of the state. Well, it's true. MLK did say that. And then Jim Wallace continues with a letter. I want to just share a couple of lines with you from the letter. Last week after investigations into serious allegations of moral and political corruption, abuses of power, and obstruction of Congress, Jim Wallace says, the U.S. House of Representatives sent the articles of impeachment against Donald John Trump to the U.S. Senate. The Senate has received the articles, and now all senators and Chief Justice John Roberts have sworn an oath (laughs) committing to impartial justice according to the Constitution and laws. He says in this note that he put out just about 15 minutes ago, He says the Senate trial begins tomorrow, Tuesday, January 21. That's true as well, it does. While impeachment, he says, is often viewed as a purely political or partisan process, as Christians, we must prioritize seeing impeachment through a moral and ethical lens, seeking the truth above all else. He says, as Jesus said, the truth will set you free. Jesus directly connects truth with freedom, and our freedom is now at stake in the need for truth-telling in the Senate trial. This must be a genuine trial and not just a political cover-up. But that's what's been going on for the last months. In fact, the last years in the call to impeach this man before he ever picked up a pen and sat down at the office of the presidency, in the Oval Office. They were demanding he be impeached as he was becoming president. I'm a simple man, but I, I mean, I think I understand that. He hadn't done anything. And they were, you know, away with him, crucify him. It's unbelievable. Jim Wallace says, we at Sojourners believe there is a there is sufficient evidence to create a moral imperative for removing the president from office. <laughs> and, and he calls for America to pray that that will happen. The annual observance of Martin Luther King Jr. Day is, it's an occasion that the left uses, and they are using it today already, to reinforce racial identity, racial politics, and in the case of Jim Wallace, to reinforce the gospel that is another gospel, as Paul called it. It isn't the gospel that was delivered to the early church. His gospel is a different gospel. The centerpiece of the religious left is a gospel that is centered around compassion. If you are not compassionate, you are not a Christian. That, of course, is foreign to the gospel of Jesus Christ. The gospel of Jesus Christ is that God loved us so much, and he saw us in our sin, and he knew that our sin would lead us to eternal separation from God. The gospel of Jesus Christ is that Christ came, God became flesh, he dwelt among us, he lived on this earth, he taught, and at the appropriate time, he laid down his life because you have sinned, and so have I, and we desperately needed a Savior. There was no other way. God became flesh and dwelt among us. He laid down his life on a cross, miserably, brutally, before mocking throngs of people outside the gates of Jerusalem. And then he rose from the dead. The centerpiece of the gospel is not compassion. It isn't love. The centerpiece of the gospel is Jesus Christ, the Son of God. If you confess with your mouth, if you believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he rose from the dead after being crucified, you shall be saved. It's real simple. That is the gospel. But these people take the gospel and they bend it into something else that fits their narrative, their idea. Of course Christians are compassionate, but compassion is not the centerpiece of the gospel. That's another gospel. Paul said, from such, turn away. There is the secular left. We see them a lot, but it is the religious left that bothers me. I don't know about you. Maybe it doesn't bother you, but it does me. Because the gospel is the only hope for mankind. And on this Martin Luther King Jr. Day, these guys take... These guys take his quotes. They take what he said selectively. And they reinforce racial identity. They reinforce radical politics. They take this day, his birthday, his celebration day, as a day to exercise their right to criticize what the civil rights movement has become in the hands of King's self-professed successors, like Jesse Jackson, Al Sharpton, these guys don't represent MLK. I've read enough about him. I don't didn't know him, of course. But I've read enough about him and I've listened to his relatives talk about him and share their stories. They don't they don't reflect what he stood for. The Democratic presidential primary has provided material for this kind of racial identity, radical politics. Their contenders have rushed to all of the people on the stage and those that are gone now that have dropped out of the out of the race for president on the Democratic uh, side, they have all rushed to kiss the ring of Al Sharpton. Al Sharpton is a race baiter. He's a hustler. He doesn't represent Martin Luther King Jr. He doesn't represent what he lived for and died for. It's a sad day that the day named for a leader whose legacy was a message, it was actually a a prophetic message of unity, that it should be observed in such divergent kinds of ways. King preached about injustice in America. First he talked about racial injustice in the South enshrined in law, then the economic injustice in the north and elsewhere. But this is this is crucial. He never saw America as the problem. He saw America and its values as the solution. He also saw the black Americans as equal guardians of the American ideal. He didn't see us and them. He said, we are Americans, and America is the solution. He's remembered for a lot of things, but the two probably most prominent things that we should remember if we don't, and I think we do, about Martin Luther King Jr. is the two texts, the two speeches or written documents that he He did a lot, but the two that most people remember is I Have a Dream speech and then his letter from a Birmingham jail. The first is generally taught, I Have a Dream to elementary school children. It's revised and revised and revised, but it's taught in public schools. The second appears more often in high school and college. King's attack in this letter on white moderates, and he did. He said, they're more devoted to order than to justice. He said they, they need to refocus. That gave birth to the new left of the 1960s. Even today's woke left. The people, Some of the people that have dropped out, like Cory Booker, have dropped out of the presidential race, are now standing on the sidelines because they couldn't get enough support and money. And they're criticizing the white guys that are still in the race for being in the race. I mean, when you just take away all of the layers of of political correctness and just look at where we are today on this Martin Luther King Jr. celebration day. Good grief. What are we thinking? On the one hand, they say they are carrying on the, the legacy of Martin Luther King Jr. And they're not. They're undermining everything he said and believed in. I don't know, there's more to the letter from the Birmingham jail that isn't taught. What they will not tell these kids, and they won't tell you today, is that King also declared, and I'm quoting him, we will reach the goal of freedom in Birmingham and all over the nation because the goal of America is freedom. What? (laughs) That isn't what they're saying. They're kneeling on football fields, and the teacher of the year in either Minnesota or Michigan, I read over the weekend, she attended a football game, and she was voted teacher of the year in that state. It was either Michigan or Minnesota. It was up in there somewhere. And at this big football game, I think it was one of the championship college games just the other day, within the last week or so, she goes out on the field. She's being recognized as teacher of the year for the state. She takes a knee, (laughs) clenches her fist in defiance to America because we're racist. I think she was white. I mean, that's how much attention I pay to the color of the skin. I don't know what she was. But anyway, I know what she did. America was the solution in the mind of MLK, not the problem. That was the challenge that he laid down for his generation and hopefully generations to come. But these people have once again revised what he said to meet a narrative that they have, they have created in the darkness of their own minds. The left walks in darkness. The light shines in darkness, but the left does not comprehend it. That's kind of where we are in today's world. It's really sad. But we celebrate Martin Luther King Jr. today and all he stood for. Impeachment of President Trump is going to dominate the world news this week. We'll be talking about it, not exclusively on this program, but we'll see what happens day to day. That's why we try to do this program live. And yes, we had a technical difficulty on Friday. I want to tell you, these things happen. Just stay with me. Don't, don't leave me. Now, uh, there, there's voices that say we should just, you know, do this tape this and can it and put it on the shelf and they can pick it off and play it. And we'll never have technical difficulties. And that is true, except I really feel, and it's more work, not only for myself, but others, but I really feel in my heart that God wants me to do it this way. I I really do. And and I I mean, it would be easier for me to make a bunch of programs and record them and put them in the the shelf. I mean, we do that once in a while when I need a break and, and so on, but I don't know. I just I don't think that's how the Lord wants me to do this. And so we're carrying on. But from time to time, we don't have a multi-million dollar structure around us as big radio stations. I mean, major, the leading ones in the nation or the networks have. And I know you understand that. But I also would just thank you for standing with us financially. And when we have a blip once in a while, we're getting ready to spend some more money and trying to fix this. Please keep that in mind. Would you write your check? I need your help as well as your presence here on the program. And I want to thank you in advance for standing with us. Many of you do, and you have, and over the years, and I mentioned Friday before we dropped the lines that uh, carry us. CenturyLink actually carries this program. I mean, we use them as our carrier. And um, they need a little upgrade in some areas as well. But anyway, I, I read a letter from a person who started supporting us Almost from the day we went on the air, and I've never met him, but over the years, he supported us every month. I read his letter on Friday. If you were with me, you heard part of that. And I get notes from other places that are just beginning to hear this program. Dear Gary, enjoy the updates. have been with you about three months. About uh, About the other news I hear, it's only PBS radio and the good message. I hear it in Tucson, Arizona. Don't know how often I'll be able to send money to you, but here's for January of 2020, a faithful listener. Thank you, and to all of you. We only can continue as you walk with us, and I know you know that. Our address is Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell is, as of yesterday and this morning so far, he's including in the U.S. Senate impeachment trial rules what's called a kill switch. I wanted to make you aware of that. That effectively allows for the president's legal team to seek an immediate verdict or a dismissal of the case should the Democrats engage in all this trickery and stuff that they've been doing, and they have been by all accounts. They know it. They have a smirky look on their face when they were walking those documents through the halls of Congress. You know, it was like, yeah, we know what we're doing, but we're getting away with it. I mean, I, I don't know. I could see that at least. But should the Democrats engage in any trickery in the Senate trial, then this kill switch means that the, the Senate can actually allow President Trump's legal team to call for a summary judgment in other words it's over we're asking you to judge to to make a judgment on it so after holding their articles of impeachment for more than a month and only after McConnell threatened to move forward without them did pelosi finally parade them over there well senate republicans they don't trust them to you know stop playing games i mean what would suggest that they will they won't probably Republican leaders do not believe that the Democrat impeachment is legitimate because the charges don't rise to any any real um, charge and they don't Ted Cruz was on on television yesterday uh, on uh, Sunday yeah he was talking to ABC I think and I I grabbed his uh, his words here I'm quoting him I think it was on ABC could have been Fox he was on both I think but anyway, yesterday he was saying that the allegations that the House Democrats have made against President Donald Trump, and keep in mind that Ted Cruz is a, a, a very good student on the Constitution. In fact, he's the Senate Judiciary Subcommittee Chairman on the Constitution. So he said he was saying that the Democrats have made what well, the charges they've made against President Trump. He said they don't amount to as much as a speeding ticket because they've not alleged any violation of federal statutes that have occurred. Uh, He said, I'm quoting Ted Cruz. He said, I do think that we have seen coming out of the House is an abuse of the Constitution. He said, the reason is that they're using this for political purposes. This is the first time in history any president is alleged, has been impeached without the articles alleging any criminal conduct at all, without alleging any federal crime was violated. He said, they don't allege any federal law was violated. And I mean, that makes sense to me. I'm not a lawyer or a student of the Constitution, although I've studied it. I don't see that either. He said, Cruz said they don't even allege as much as that the president has a speeding ticket and that it's never, this has never happened in our country's history. And to use impeachment like the House Democrats are doing to express their political disagreement with the president to try to overturn an election they're unhappy with. He said that's an abuse of of the Constitution. Well, indeed it is. Senator Josh Hawley, he's a freshman senator who has been very supportive of the president in all of this and agrees with Ted Cruz to a great extent. I mean, almost completely. He had previously drafted a a measure when Nancy Pelosi kept sitting on these articles over in the House. She wouldn't deliver. Remember, that was going on over the last number of weeks. And she was, I mean, she, age age is relative. I I mean, we are what we are, you know, whatever our birthday says we are. But, man, I, I think she needs to take a step back. I see people her age that are sharp as as could be. I mean, sh- just sharp as a whip. She's not one of them. And she just rambles on and on and on. I, I don't mean that maliciously, but I mean, boy, she needs to take a step back. Her husband is worth hundreds of millions of dollars. And, and she, they, I think they've been married for a long time. They have a bunch of kids and stuff, and... I mean, she needs to kind of think about maybe not doing what she's doing any longer because she just is all over the place on this stuff. But anyway, the Senate Republicans don't trust them. So Holly put up this thing that if she didn't bring those documents, the articles of impeachment over to the Senate, that his bill would have dismissed the charges and none of it would have ever happened as far as the record is concerned. Well, Nancy didn't want that, of course. So the articles are now in the hands of the Senate. Well, Hawley now has come up with this new law, new rule for, and Mitch McConnell has not thrown it out as of right now when I'm speaking. If the Senate keeps this kill switch rule that allows for a motion to dismiss or a summary judgment by the president's team, that'll block any Democrat gamesmanship in the days ahead. A lot of the Democrats are saying that Alexander Hamilton would have been the first to say that Trump should be impeached and removed from office, not just impeached, but removed from office. But he wouldn't have. Harvard law professor and Democrat who voted for Hillary, Alan Dershowitz, has now joined the, the Trump team. He says, I'm not here to support Trump. He's a Harvard law professor for years. He just retired a couple of years ago. He said, I'm not here to support Trump. I'm here to support the Constitution. And of of course, Trump, you know, took him on with the the team. And he said, by the way, he said, I'm not going to charge the government, the taxpayers, the Trump administration, any money. He said, I'm doing this pro bono because I'm here to defend the Constitution. Well, that rattled the left to say the least. And Schiff, I noticed, was on television over the weekend, really doing what they always do. He was trying to dismantle Alan Dershowitz. Nobody believes that Alan Dershowitz is anything less than one of the finest constitutional scholars in our legal system in America. I mean, everybody believes that. They know he is, even if he is a Democrat. But Schiff turned on him immediately when he made himself available. (laughs) Washington Post published an essay recently in which they said Hamilton, Alexander pushed for impeachment powers. And Trump is what he had in mind. In the essay, Hamilton is viewed as the impeachment sort of marker. And Hamilton is a crucial instrument. Joseph B. Sweeney read the the piece, the essay in the Washington Post, as I did. And he turned around and wrote something. I think it was Friday. He published it, or maybe Saturday. But he wrote in the Federalist, and he debunked the whole thing that the washington post had put out there i don't have time to go through it, all of it obviously but i wrote an article today about that and i included that that my article is kind of focused on on this whole idea of, of based on the what joe sweeney wrote in the federalist based on the fact that hamilton never even suggested anything close to what they're trying to do to trump and what the Post has done, and the left is doing, they've taken parts of what Hamilton, Alexander Hamilton said, and in one case, he was really mad at Aaron Burr, and he was just, I mean, damning him with his comments, and they've taken that out, and they've extrapolated out of context, they've extrapolated that that, is, that, that was intended for somebody in the future like Donald J. Trump. It is bizarre. i got to tell you, and I've said this often on this program, I've never seen anything like this in my lifetime. And, you know, I'm over 40. I mean, it's amazing. It's amazing. So anyway, I wrote an article on that, and I I don't have time to get into it this morning. All of it, I've shared a bit of it with you. But I would encourage you to read that. It's at faithandfreedom.us. Faith, You go there, it'll come up, and you can read the whole thing. It's linked, and you can spend as much time on it as you want or as little time, but I would encourage you to read it. Again, thank you so much for being with me today. Just remember that impeachment is to be used as a shield, not a spear. That's what's going on in our country. We'll talk about this during the coming week, but I would encourage you to pray for the president, pray for the country. God is not unaware of what's going on, and he cares, and so should we. I'll see you tomorrow.